0: Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, this is the Fulhamish podcast, your regular Fulham FC audio update. My name is Sammy James, and welcome to Fulhamish Extra. X. Extra. Loads of things to get through today. We're going to be previewing the Barnsley game at Oakwell on Saturday. We're going to be chatting to Chris and Carlo from Red's Report as well, plus transfer talk with Dean Jones as the transfer window slams shut uh, in just under a week's time. My guests this evening are Secretary Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. Farrell Monk is here. Holla. And Ben Jarman's here too. Good evening. How are you all doing? Good. Smashing. Excellent. Back in for your second pod of the week. Yeah, good, good return ratio here. I your, never left. You're extra helping of Fulhamish goodness. So uh, let's have a look at Barnsley on Saturday. Only just over a month since we last played them at the cottage. I find it very weird sometimes how the fixtures work themselves out. We haven't played a team like Reading since August, but yet good. we play barnsley again within a month of playing them last i don't really sometimes understand how that works but anyway that is what it is we're facing them again on saturday looking for a fourth consecutive victory uh which we haven't done all season we haven't even won three consecutive games up until saturday they've not been on great form only one win since they played us uh, which was an away win uh, against sunderland but jack they did pick up a very valiant point at oakwell against wolves in their last home game so do we expect a much tougher test at Oakwell than the one we got just before Christmas at Craven Cottage? I mean yeah, of course, like most
1: teams with the exception of Burton Albion <laughs> aside yeah. are better at home than they are away. Okay, maybe Fulham last season as well. But, you know, most teams are better with a with a full crowd backing them and, and in a pitch they know very well uh, you know playing playing in their kind of home territory. So yeah, of course it's going to be a tougher test than things. is, but Fulham are playing better than they were when we played Barnsley in December as well, we're in in a much richer vein of form and performance. If we can take the bounce off these last two results and, you know, we should, we should really have too much of Barnsley, you know, they lost quite comfortably to Villa at the weekend. Um, and, and they were rubbish basically is, is, is kind of the overarching consensus of what happened at Villa park. So, yeah, I think we, should, you know, it's a game we need to win basically.
0: foul though, um, they have got quite a measly defence. They don't concede too many. Maybe Villa aside, who just had a. Brilliant opening, 20 minutes, and blew Barnsley away. They don't score many, particularly from open play. They've got very few in the last few months from that open play, as I mentioned. So maybe a bit like the Burton game, getting that all-important first goal, early doors for Fulham, could be the key to a breakthrough on Saturday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we've seen many occasions before, when if Fulham do get an early goal, they do tend to sort of crack on and take the game. It's where the games get kind of cagey at nil-nil, where Fulham tend to sort of... Buckle, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, buckle would be the word. Um, You know, Barnsley are going to be a test, certainly. They are an established championship team. A lot of their players haven't changed a lot recently. Obviously, they lost Sam Winnell last year, and that's obviously probably one of the main points why they're not scoring as many goals this year. But it, it still will be an absolute test for us, and it shows how much Fulham have come um, if we are able to get a really comfortable result up at Oakwell.
0: Um, ben, it's going to be a good away day for those uh, in attendance on Saturday and hopefully uh, you may be making the trip up to uh, to Barnsley on Saturday. TBC uh, at the moment. Tom Bradshaw's their main goal threat and uh, Harvey Barnes is a, a dangerous player. Andy Yadom though, is someone that
3: you're a particularly big fan of. I do like Yadam. I used to go and watch him play with my dad because he supports Barnet, so I've seen a fair bit of Yadam. He's a very exciting fullback, actually. He's probably like more modern fullbacks in that he's better going forward than he is actually defending. So I think he's, his threat there from either flank, because he can play left or right back, is something that we should be aware of. That being said, I think the easiest way to nullify that threat is probably to play a winger who likes to stay high and wide, and which is quite lucky for us because we've got three of them in Cabano, Ojo and Aite. That's if Aite is anywhere near back from injury. Um, but yeah I like I him. I think he could be someone that we could bring in in the future actually especially if we're looking for depth left or right back. So um yeah I'm a big fan of him. Uh, let's have a look at the potential lineup
0: that Fulham might pick on Saturday. Slav's got a beautiful selection headache on his hands after some of the brilliant performances at the weekend. I think the key question lots of us will be asking is uh, who's he going to start up top? Font got a couple of goals on Saturday and potentially might be getting himself back into form if he can take that confidence from the brilliant brace that he scored uh, against Burton. But then you've got Cameron knocking on the door. You know, just as uh, Font must have thought he's taken two steps forward uh, getting himself back into the side, then Kamara scores such a composed finish for the sixth who do you think though uh slav will choose you you mentioned jack on uh the previous podcast how maybe a font's a home player and a camera's an away player do you believe that um
1: i don't i don't necessarily think that's a a be all and end all statement if you will (laughs) there's there's something to be said for the fact that Camera's more of an impact player surely than font is in terms of bringing that kind of stretching tired legs vibe going on but you know there's also something to be said for camera just sort of bulldozing them for the entire time and then Font coming on and maybe giving you a little bit of finesse at the end I think it's a nice problem to have basically is mm. what I'm saying I feel like he will probably go with Font because he wants to you know camera's obviously hungry and and, and young and and, and he love, obviously loves scoring and, and wants to get in the team but Font is obviously a player who's confidence has been so low recently and it would kind of take a little bit of the wind out of the sails to you know for him to score twice and then be dropped so i'd be i'd be interested to see the other option is obviously him playing both um and i don't i don't suggest he's going to play two up top by by any means a stretch of the imagination but in font in a more withdrawn role potentially which is possible but again i think probably unlikely i think slav will go with font but you know trying to guess slavisa's team selections is is a a, a game for fools, mad dogs, and Englishmen.
0: Well, let's play the game a little bit more, Farrell. Um, who who do you think, or who would you like, rather than let's play the guessing game uh, to see Stav going with on Saturday up at Barnsley? Uh, I
2: wouldn't change a thing from Saturday. Um, so you'd have what? Uh, what the, would you? The, put, only, f- the only thing the only thing that might change is Kenny coming into the system. If Mat- Ken-
0: Matty Target.
2: Um, quite possibly, but. Slavisa doesn't really. I mean, I mean, Adoy played really well as well. I mean, he has come. He has come leaps and bounds over the past year. Um, and you know, I'm kind of why change a winning formula. Kind of, if I was a, a football team manager, um, you know, that's what I would do. I do think Slavisa will probably change it up, though. He's got he's got history with that. So as as we know trying to second guess the team is is quite difficult a lot of the time you never know with injuries as well you never know who's going to get picked up a knock but for me if it was me I don't think I I wouldn't I would keep it how it was
0: Ben would you would you keep
3: it how it was or would you make some slight tinkering isn't it is inevitable that Slav probably will I think if Kenny's fully fit he'll probably come back in I think that's just a given because obviously he's our best player um but if I was Slav and you know Kenny is not where we want him to be, then I would keep it the same because I think the impact of Piazon was too good to ignore. I think uh, Rui Font's looking really good. As Jack said in the previous podcast, I'm not sure why he didn't just leave him on and see if he could search for a hat-trick. Yeah, I thought been It would have been awesome. Um, But again, I think uh, AK is a great impact player off the bench and if if we aren't getting much joy, then Slav has shown that he's not afraid to change it and I think that's what you you look for in a manager. I, I wouldn't change it personally.
0: Um, obviously the trip up to Oakwell um, is uh, an infamous one and uh, lots of people have uh, rated it as a good away day my first trip to Oakwell I'm um, looking forward to a very old-fashioned northern away day Jack yeah classic
1: I'm I'm really really excited about this and it's a, a good the first nice little start of a nice little run for us in terms of away, Sam so uh, that will be good as well You're looking forward to cheap Guinness are you I, I, well, I'll probably be in the spoons, or in which case I'll probably avoid the Guinness because spoons Guinness is terrible. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically just looking forward to cheap pints and, and and fun times.
0: Do we know the pub? Which, uh, I, I mean, um, Dom has mentioned there's a there's a pub, very good pub up there. I just don't yeah, know. Actually, it's the spoons. Is it the spoons? Yeah, hang on, I've got it. Let me get Dom's.
2: He'll break out his spoons black card, won't he?
0: Well, he'll just break out the app and get the
1: table service yeah, as course, per usual. That kind of stuff. Dom's. Got, I think Dom's on like a nine a.m. train, so fair play to him. Yeah, we are on the ten to we're ten. On, we're on the ten o'clock train. Ten o'clock train. Two minutes to ten, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, in Dom's Fulhamish Away Day Planner, go check it out on the website. Obviously, always flames. Um, <laughs> and there is a there is a, a March and April planner now up on the website. So so definitely go and check that one out if you're if you're making your plans for the spring season of away. So that that's good. Um Dom's guide says for Barnsley that the Dove Inn and the Joseph Brammer—that's the spoons. Um, are, are the two best pubs in 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 Barnsley?
0: So it's going to be the Joseph Branner.
1: I I mean I trust Dom to the ends of the world in terms of picking pubs. There we go.
0: That's where you'll see us on Saturday. It's going to be it's going to be a very good uh, day for all of us that are in attendance. Um, obviously Saturday will be a very sad occasion, though. Uh, the Barnsley fans are going to be paying their respects to uh, former owner Patrick Crine. Uh, who lost his battle with cancer on Monday, aged 66. It's um, extremely sad. And uh, any of you who read uh, his letter just uh, a few weeks ago after the Barnsley takeover uh, will know um, how much Barnsley meant to him and what he did for the club. I'm not terribly au fait with it, but he was a fantastic man. Um, And I'm sure any tribute that the Barnsley fans are doing, I'm sure we'll all take part in. Indeed. Uh, Let's speak now to Chris and Carlo from uh, Red's Report podcast, uh, which is the leading Barnsley FC podcast. And I started off by asking them what the occasion will be like on Saturday, given the tragic news earlier in the week.
4: Uh, Well, I spoke to the club. So whilst I can't say uh, the club can't do much at the moment, purely because it's such a short time of of organising anything, Uh, because the news broke on Monday and we're playing on Saturday. So they are fully behind the fans initiative on 66 minutes for people to get the phones out and and sort of put the flash on and and what we call shine the light for Patrick just to sort of remember that, you know, it was a very dark tunnel we were in with the um, administration and everything. He he, He bought us, kept us financially stable, year on year pumped at least a million after two million in every single year just to keep us going. And it's only in the last two to three years that he's actually had a bit of a return when players like John Stones left, um, Alfie Mawson left, um, and, and that's when we started almost getting a, a you know, like a return on, on, on the business, Conor in as well, James B. So, uh, yeah, on 66 minutes, we're asking all the fans to um, to, to, to basically join in with a, a shine a light for Patrick, which is basically get your phone out, put the flash on, and for a minute we'll give him a huge round of applause, and then the club in... I presume will be the next home fixture, which is the local derby against Sheffield Wednesday. We'll probably do like a, a program or whatever dedicated to Patrick. But um, the deadlines are so short for programs that needs to be in tonight, so they didn't have the time to do that. So we're just making it under sixty or six minutes um, on Saturday. Uh, shine a light for Patrick. Yeah, we. And re- I know on social media, there's a lot of the Fulham supporters' clubs and everything have been retweeting and getting involved, which is which is fantastic to see, of course.
0: Yeah, we we retweet it ourselves and um, I'm sure um, all the Fulham fans in attendance will will join in the tributes to what was a a marvellous football man what, what was he like as a person did you get the opportunity to meet him
4: yeah we um, in our early days what, a couple of years ago um, we, we just won the uh, Johnston Payne trophy and we were in and around the promotion places and we had him in the studio for two hours There were just him and his wife and he just spoke candidly for two hours actually saying that whilst he's, he's he was really happy that obviously he took the club over and you know we have been to Wembley and come on we can get to Wembley twice this season he says it actually it, it, it ruined him a little bit as a fan he says because I sit now as a chairman it's all about money it's all about finances and you sort of you you, you lose the love of the game a little a fan can go go enjoy the match go home he says but it it it, it sort of like became a business for him uh, which he really regretted but this was a bloke who was born in Barnsley lived in Barnsley and um you know he was only this time last year we had an owner from Barnsley the captain was from Barnsley and our manager was from Barnsley and if you look now, our owner is from, well, we've got one from China, two from the United States, mm. one from India. A <laughs> um, uh, captain, Angus McDonald. he's not playing because he's been ill. Obviously, we've still got Paul Heckingbottom, yeah. But, uh, you know, a, a lot's changed. A lot's changed. Even since, I suppose, the last match that, that, that we played, which was only in December, wasn't it, when we uh, when we faced you at Craven Cottage?
0: Indeed. And then looking at on the pitch, Carlo, uh, what went wrong against Villa on Saturday? Uh, it was a crazy opening 20 minutes. It's four goals in that period one for yourselves and three for Villa it was quite poor defending from you uh, for some of those yeah. goals that Villa scored though
4: the, the key player for us so far this season has been Joe Williams who's on loan from Everton uh, a defensive midfielder and normally sits in front of the back four um, he got a red card uh, a couple of matches ago so he suspended the one who then took over that role was Gary Garner loan player from Villa so he couldn't play either we've sent some young players out on loan uh, we sent Ukbo. Um, well, I don't know if he played when we played you against uh, at Craven Cottage. Ugbo was a striker. We had a loan from Chelsea. We sent him back in this transfer period. Um, so we're a little bit short, short on players. So we shuffled around with the formation, and it was almost a little bit like well, either a three-five-two or a three-four-three, depending on, on how the players set up. And it just, we just overall, I mean, and I was there on Saturday, and literally you blink twice and and just bad 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 defending people not doing the jobs um second half he then changed it back it became a 442 and and we were a lot better but you know in football if you're two games down and it's, it, it's a way especially a place like Villa that's I suppose quite intimidating with, with you know so many so many people there um, it, it was always going to be a bridge too far but it was it, it was our own downfall it was just bad defending giving people space I mean the the Horrein goal he was unmarked um, there was a, a corner and uh, Scott Hogan's second was a, a corner mm. uh, the smallest person in the box and, and, and he gets to a header and then you have to seriously sort of question of you know who role whose role it was to uh, to mark him so um paul, paul spoke very candidly to the press afterwards saying um this is you know this is our own this is our own doing you you've got a game plan we had to make changes because we didn't have the personnel to play the formation we would normally do and um in the first 10 minutes people were still looking around saying should i be marking him are you marking him and and like i say we were six seven minutes in and we were two nil down
0: Obviously, normally, uh, Barnsley are quite famed for their strong defence. You've been pretty solid all season. Goal scoring's been your main problem. And in your last game against uh, Wolves at Oakwell, you put on a very valiant performance uh, and gained a credible nil-nil draw. I guess... Uh, you might be expecting another kind of backs-to-the-wall performance against an in-form Fulham side.
4: Yeah, it didn't help on the bus home from a villa that we saw that Fulham scored six. Uh, (laughs) That does nothing for the confidence. Um, We found almost like a settled back four. Uh, There was a lot of swapping and changes, so the club captain, Angus MacDonald, was always the first choice. He got a red card early in the season, came back, never back to his best. He's been off for weeks now, uh, something wrong. And, and he'll not be back for a few weeks. So, you know, he was out. So we, we, we found, you know, a back four that um, that worked. It was a very, very subtle back four. And, 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 you know, like you say, against Wolves, they didn't have a shot on goal. And and, and don't get me wrong, it, it was a lot of pressing from the Barsley players. And, um, it, Gary Gardner especially in in, in that match just stood out in in breaking things up and and making Barnsley move forward and everything that worked in the Wolves match was missing in the Villa match but yeah for the visit of Fulham um, you know you you look we brought one player in so far Uh, Hackingbottom said he needs four or five Uh, we're on the 23rd so we've got a week left or so in the transfer window we brought in Kiefer Moore um, 6 foot 6 striker uh from ipswich i only think he played a couple of games for ipswich he went alone to rotherham did very well there and um early indications are <clears throat> we've been struggling scoring tom bradshaw works his socks off every single match but often as a lone striker he's not the biggest so he gets the ball um you know you'll have played you'll have played uh Villa. against john teddy for instance it's no use you know, putting a high ball up in the area because Tom is never going to get to that. Kiefer Moore was able to sort of, you know, direct some of the attention away, and, and, and especially second half we we kept the Villa defence busy. Um, so it, it's just to be hoped that Kiefer Moore will play on, on 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 Saturday because even defensively he's helped out with defending, uh, you know, corners, free kicks, and the like. So, um, but we're still waiting on on you know other players to come in. Harvey Barnes who I'm sure we, he played when we played you at. Um, Craven Cottage the, the winger from Leicester definitely so far one of the players of the season he was recalled by Leicester at the start of January so we missed him as well so yeah so the key players suspended all back to the club um he, the, Paul can put an 11 out, but we has to fill the bench with some of the academy players. And um, the f- situation we find ourselves in, I'm pretty sure Paul and other people in the club want to want to get that sorted ASAP because it, it, it doesn't inspire much confidence. Um, you know, we, we need players to make this team better. And while some of our academy players are, are what they call rising stars, reserve team football and championship football, there's is, is, is a big, big gap. And uh, for some, that, that gap might might just be too big for now
0: yeah it's such a shame for you guys that you've had another disrupted january after obviously so many clubs came in for your players uh, in the january of last year it seems like you've had another disrupting influence this year especially by uh, parent clubs calling their players back um carlo it's my first trip to oakwell on saturday it was one reason i was actually quite happy we got dumped out of the fa cup because i knew i wouldn't be able to make it midweek what's the best thing about a trip to oakwell
4: Oakwell is um, you know we're always seen as the black sheep of the family and um, Oakwell is a 23,000 uh, 23, seater stadium the away stand holds 6,000 um, one of the stands so as you sit in your away stand the stand to the uh, to the right the west stand um, I think is still in the same um, state as it was 20, 30 years ago it, it's very much an old fashioned football ground um, still and um I don't know. I've, 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 I've we've been to places where you know you go to Newcastle, been to Sunderland, um, Asterville, you know the fantastic grounds. Don't get me wrong, but but the atmosphere, there's still you know at the top of that West end they still got the old wooden seats, and um, yeah, it's a very um, I suppose an, an old fashioned football ground as it was. Um, we're hoping for a really good atmosphere. Let's be honest. You know the way we've performed. If you look at the fixtures this year, um, you know our last victory was the away win at Sunderland, which was the first of January. Um, if you want to go back to the last home win. Um, that was Birmingham City on the 4th of November I mean that's got set quite some time ago so you know the atmosphere is not, it's, it's not always there um, but you know we, I suppose we pride ourselves at Oakwell it's, it's an old fashioned football stadium it's a decent pitch and um, yeah it's, it's, it's listen I, I hope you enjoy your day out I'm, I'm, the the form um, Fulham are in I'm sure you will Well,
0: what what is your prediction uh, for Saturday, Carlo?
4: It's really hard. Um, The club's been rocked by the the loss of Patrick Ryan. And I spoke to somebody at the club today who says it's really hard because obviously whilst that rocks everybody in the club, because we've been in and around the club for 16 years, we are in a transfer period. We're desperately, Mm -hmm. desperately in need of of, of new players that need to come in. Um, I can't see much happening between now and Saturday. So, you know, we've we've got the players that, that we've got. Um... Gary Gardner can come back and hopefully protect the the the, the back four. Listen, it, it just depends what team turns up. Um, if the Villa team turns up, you can replicate the Villa score easy, and maybe at some more too. Um, hopefully, the home advantage, um, you know, we, we really need to see resolute defending from the Reds and driving forward. And it's often the first 10 minutes of the first half, the first 10 minutes of the second half, where damage is done to Barnsley. It, it's almost like a bit of a diesel engine that needs warming up before it gets into a stride. Um, Villa took full advantage of that and were 2 0 up. When the time we sort of got in third gear so um there will be goals um i'm, I'm, I'm sure of that and there'll definitely be you know well it took fulham goals um, i spoke to chris my partner in crime for the uh, for the retro report earlier today and um we we, we we both said we're hoping and this is more the hard ruling on the head but we're both hoping uh, for a score draw and we both went for 2-2
0: Well, it's going to be an emotional day on Saturday, um, Carlo, and I'm I'm sure all the Fulham fans can join in that tribute on the 66th minute. And um, if you are going on Saturday, please, please do, because Patrick Crime was a great football man. Carlo, I hope you have a great rest of the week and maybe see you for a beer on Saturday.
4: Yeah. Definitely, I'm I'm one of the uh, supporter liaison officers for all the home matches, so I'll be in and around the away stand anyway. So by all means, uh, yeah, come and uh, come and say hello, and to all the Fulham fans travelling uh, up the M1. And enjoy your day in South Yorkshire, and let's hope for a really good game of football and a fantastic tribute on the 66th minute. Carlo, thank you very much. No problem at all. Cheers, mate.
1: Hello, it's Jack here from the Fulhamish podcast, and I'm here with Dean Jones, who is Bleacher Reports transfer insider and also an avid Fulham fan, uh, and a long time Fulham fan. So, Dean, thank you for joining me. No worries at all. Um, we thought we'd start with a bit about Fulham's transfer season so far mm. and, uh, and see what's gone, gone, gone on. You know, Target has obviously come in, and um, what, what are your sort of early
5: thoughts on Matt Target? Good signing for the West? I really like Matt Target, and I know I've spoken to people at Southampton for some time who have raved about him and they expect him to go on and do really big things obviously we know um, the reputation Southampton have got with their academy and and for bringing people through and and Matt Target is definitely one that they expect to go on and achieve big things so um, I'm quite surprised we were able to sign someone like that because I think he's he's genuinely a really good player who's going to push on over the next year or so so it's promising I'm sure that the fact that Southampton will like the kind of football we play it will help um, him progress as well Hopefully, he really enjoys himself and wants to join us permanently at the end of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, definitely.
1: Um, I think one of the things that I've, I've kind of noticed speaking to Southampton fans is that Sam McQueen's uh, obviously a little bit younger, yeah. started to overtake him in the pecking order. And obviously, that's due to injuries and stuff. There is that kind of niggling worry in my head that because he's been injured so much over the last two years, we might have another sort of Rafa Soir situation, I see
5: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- there's no avoiding that. You've, you've got to hope he gets some luck with this move as well. Um, was he early 20s isn't he yeah. uh, Matt Target um, probably not actually had as many games as he might have liked and was capable of having at this stage of his yeah. career because from very early ages you know as he broke, 16 17 year old people were, were tipping 25. him to kind of go on and become a Gareth Bale type um, player for Southampton um, there's still hopes he can do that he, he's a very good player down the left side and it's exciting for Fulham in the sense that him and, him and Sessegnon down that side is going to be quite a combination I, I imagine yeah. um, and be helpful as well because I, I think they're both capable of, of switching roles if they have to if, if Matt Target decides to go on Sessegnon could even pull back for a second and allow him to go and do it that won't ultimately be with the aim the aim will be that the target sits behind him but they'll be able to reverse roles at times so um, yeah I think it's a really good signing and What I like is the fact that we're getting a player that we've heard of and we know what he's capable of, rather than in past January windows when so often a player comes in, often from abroad, and we don't quite know what we're going to get, and ultimately we barely see that player. So with Matt Target, we know that we've got a player with a lot of potential and let's just hope that we actually manage to see him on the pitch. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> In that regard, do you think this is the end of Rafa Suarez? Do you think his loan spell will be terminated? I imagine so. Yeah. I mean, whatever's happened there, you know, hasn't hasn't turned out as we, as we hoped it would. Yeah. I mean, start of the season we're thinking that it's an, ex- an exciting signing, and you know, I Literally, don't think I've seen him. <laughs> it's a real shame. Like he came with such promise. Obviously, yeah. Liverpool wanted him, and
1: and that was a a big coup for us at the yeah.
5: time. Um, but just no, doesn't seem to fit into this system. Weird how sometimes moves just don't work out. We'll probably see him playing at, um, in the Champions League. Yeah, you see Milan yeah. or something next yeah. season. Yes.
1: Precisely. Um, so the big big stories this week have revolved again around Tom Kearney. Mm-hmm. Um There's been reports uh, from Ed Aaron's of the Guardian, especially that. There was a 15 million pound put in uh, bid put in for, from the club. Yeah. Uh, we've heard c- contrasting reports from from a lot of people, especially you know round the club, uh, from those that get West London, our friends over there. That there's been no bids received. You know, is there is there more than just rumour to this, or
5: is, yeah, is it just an yeah, there's more than just rumour. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's something in it. You know, West Brom like Tom Kearney, and obviously, who doesn't like Tom Kearney? But um, Alan Pardew fancies trying his luck. Um, They inquired about, as I understand it anyway, they inquired about a £12 million deal. Um, Fulham said had no interest in that. It was a derisory offer. Um, And then they've gone back this week to try and talk again about a £15 million offer. And, you know, it's all falling on deaf ears, basically. Uh, Fulham have got absolutely no interest in selling Son Kearney. It would, you know, completely mess up the entire plans of the club. We're trying to push forward. We're trying to reach the Premier League to sell your best player to West Brom is certainly not the way to try and achieve that. Um, Tom Kearney, I I was speaking to someone yesterday about him, you know, just to check he was happy at Fulham. And he is happy at Fulham, as people keep pointing out on Twitter. He has just uh, bought a nice new house. It's really nice. A very nice house, which he keeps um, showing on Instagram or Snapchat, whichever one it is. Um, You know, he's moved in with his girlfriend. They both seem very happy. Um, Tom loves Fulham. He's really man- managed to find a club that he can call his own and stamp his authority on it. He is basically the heartbeat of the side when he's fully fit. Um, and I just don't see him going anywhere. You know, if it, if it wasn't West Brom, if it was a, a side that played um, nicer football, I'm going to say. Um, Southampton, and, if you will. Yeah. If it was somebody like that, where he could really thrive, then I'm sure Tom Kearney would be tempted. I, I, he wants to play in the Premier League, you know, last summer, we were waiting on offers and um, to see what happened. And I was speaking to people; they were like, "Look, if if a good Premier League club comes in here, Tom Kenny's going. If it's twenty million pound, he'll go." Yeah, um, and, and, did...
1: and quite reasonably so as well. I, I think that I don't. I, I feel like few gr- fans would begrudge him that move if it was to a club who were established. You know, a kind of maybe a an, not Everton, but, a, but that like kind Everton, of yeah. that kind of ilk. Yeah, who who obviously were looking to progress and move forward. You know, the kind of idea that gets me about West Brom is that if Tom Kearney signed for West Brom we may we might well see him on the way down as we go up.
5: well exactly that of... and I'm, and he'll be more than aware of that and he, you know I'm not sure Tom Kearney likes um defending particularly much so <laughs> uh, you know I, I don't think he's going to enjoy being sat on the edge of his own box just in front of Haguazi. Yeah. Um, exactly. And defend, the new and the new str- and, and the, the new, new Egyptian yeah. the defender that they've got in there um just trying to stop the ball playing like a Gareth Barry type role deeper and deeper as the game goes on. Um, just trying to get the ball away from his own goal i don't think the move suits him but um I, you know i saw a, a few people uh, batter in the room, the rumours you know journalists are just doing their job they they report what they are told and what they hear and you know there is some substance in it so i don't blame them for reporting the story there is some interest from west brom but um i got a work cut out to to get him. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, we'll move on to the, the
1: final transfer of rumor that doesn't go away. Yeah. In, in the ilk of Dwight Gale. Yeah. Uh, we've had a few more people saying that Dwight Gale is 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 a thing and it's happening again. And I, I've seen nothing from well Newcastle haven't got anyone in apart from Kennedy on loan, so yeah. it, it doesn't. It doesn't strike me as something they'd be madly keen to do at this point with such a, you know, dearth of options in attack.
5: No, I mean, Newcastle are trying to sign a striker. Um, Slimani's on their radar right now. So if they got someone through the door, then yeah, maybe he's available. But Dwight Gale, I think this is the third transfer window in a row now. We've been linked with him. So that makes me think he's one of these players on our database that hits some sort of numbers um, and kind of fits the bill for what certain people in the club would like to see. Um, I'm not sure that Jukanovic, um whether he's that person pushing for Dwight Gale. Jukanovic does want a striker in. Um, it's, it's, there's two positions. I was speaking to somebody yesterday to see what Slav was thinking right now. Obviously, he's frustrated as ever. Um, he wants two things. He wants a centre-back and he wants a centre-forward. Yeah. Um, not much has changed there um we well, got the left back he wanted that's oh, what we're getting, got we're the left getting back. there yes. slowly and surely he <laughs> yeah, got the left back um uh, but yeah he'd like another centre back and he wants another centre forwards same case as last season doesn't believe we'll be able to get promoted without those roles being filled or at least feels we might be left short if we don't which is very feasible um dwight gale you know good striker i'd, I'd like wouldn't mind seeing him in a fulham shirt but People I've spoken to don't seem to think that there's a lot in it. To be honest, that they they doesn't seem to be close. Um, so you know. it's a weird one. But at Newcastle,
1: I remember in, in October or November we were we were linked with Mitrovic, mm. which seems much more like a Slavica signing, and not just because the two of them are Serbian, but more of like a, <laughs> a, a powerful target man yeah. who who kind of fits that kind of Chris Martin build, if you will. Um, it, you know, is that was the one that I saw today that. Uh, Benitez said he was willing to let Mitrovic go. Yeah, I think he got Brighton a are in for him, go through. Aren't they? But, um, And there was also a, a touch of a rumour that we'd joined the race for Ajoa.
5: Um, Is there anything in that? I don't know about Ajoa, but um, you mentioned Chris Martin, and I've heard in the last few days that there has certainly been some talk that Chris Martin might come back. Um, I'm not averse to this idea. It, I, I like Chris Martin. I I don't think it's a good idea because it won't take a lot for the crowd to turn on him because so many people don't like him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm not sure what his confidence will be like going into that situation. Um, I think we've played against him since then. And, you know, just, just what's happened. I don't, I think that there's too many things going against it. And to be, well, you know, without getting the words directly from Jukanovic himself, I don't think he's particularly keen on the idea of having Chris Martin back at the club, Yeah, but there are people, it seems that, that, do think that Martin could do a job um, at the moment. We've got striking options in, in fun and um, Kamara that very different strikers and, you know, Kamara not a wonderfully technically gifted footballer um, as was, you know, immediately evident when he came on for his debut, but he has clearly worked very hard yeah, he's come he on leaps and bounds he and, really and
1: has both, both of us have ended up eating our words on it on a bit yeah of this. do you know what
5: i don't mind that no, because I'd um, be
1: my words and Fulham doing doing well.
5: absolutely and i you know i still don't think he's a great all-round footballer yeah, by any stretch of the imagination but he is working really really hard to find a role for himself in this team and to improve and you can't ask any more than that and for players that we've seen come into the club ever since we were relegated, it's one thing we've really lacked. We haven't had any players that have really wanted to make a success of their move, to be honest. I yeah. think as soon as things start to go wrong, um, they're like, oh, well, I'll just leave that then and I'll wait for a move somewhere else. And, you know, f- credit to him because he hasn't done that and, you know, his goal against Burton, um, brilliant. You know, I, 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 never- I, I love to see a finish like that and it just shows how he's growing in confidence Um and I think the team as well are finding ways to feed him. You know, the, the way that Kearney found him with that pass was exactly what he needs. He yep. put the ball in behind, whereas when Font's on, he's going to get it more into feet and, and just look to get into different areas of the pitch. So two good options there. Chris Martin, um, somebody that I think we'll find being mentioned again in the next few days, but there's obviously other clubs in for him as well yeah, right Sunderland, now. So Sunderland's obviously the, uh, yeah, the one. Yeah, Sunderland's main, a, a main, prime main one. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there, but yeah. Keep, keep your ears out just in case well indeed well I'm going to move it on to a couple of questions we've got about the strikers then if,
1: if that suits you know obviously we saw the link up between Piazon and Font on on Saturday, and that seemed to unlock Font in, in terms of having that kind of intricate yeah. like, interplay in the middle um, Jamie Faulkner says have we got enough goals in Font and AK to get us promotion
5: I think actually um, we have yeah because Font hopefully has been holding them back because um, we haven't seen him hit the net as many times as I thought we would have by now. And perhaps that's just because he hasn't found the right kind of players on his wavelength. I would say. Yeah. I think, I think that Rory Font is one of our better players, you know, in terms of um, technically gifted. I can keep using that term, but he's a very good footballer. Yeah. Um, And Piazzon is also a brilliant footballer who, you know, He's actually quite surprising he's even playing championship football because he's better than this. He, he could easily be playing in the Premier League. It's only because he's had some misfortune and some bad luck and some bad calls um, elsewhere that he's ended up in this situation. He's trying to make the most of it. So I ha- I think we have got um, more to come. AK47 will take whatever we can get from him this season. I'm not looking at him as our, our main goal scorer. I'm looking at him more as an impact player to, to come on when things aren't quite going to plan or when we need to nick a point or nick a winner. Um, font is the man that I really, really expect to now kick on after seeing you Saturday's, know, performance. Yeah, Saturday's performance. Yeah. yeah,
1: of course. Well, also, this is sort of runs into it. It's from Josh Alalat. We got this one on email. It said, where do we now stand with strikers? Is it a case of play Font against the teams that suit him and then use as more of a battering ram against those kind of like big physical defences? Or do we play Font as the kind of main striker and use Cameras and Impact stuff? It It does strike me that potentially... Font won't have the same impact off the bench that Kamara will do, especially with no, tired legs. Yeah.
5: I agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, we will get... I do think we'll get another forward in. So I think that this this conversation will be opened up as soon as that happens, whether it's Chris Martin or someone else. We'll, we should have another option by the end of the transfer window. And I think that that will mean it's rotated between um, Font and whoever this other person will be as, a, as our starting striker. And then I think Kamara most of the time will be used um, as an impact player and then you've also got the option of you know some of our other forward players being used in that role i.e. take a bonus exactly yeah. in the roles that we've seen them in before and other players playing off often um, Sessegnon hopefully we continue to see in a forward role from now on um, and some rotation across the front line is basically the way forward as I see it you know People can't deal with us. We are that front line is as good as you're going to see in the championship. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So we have to take advantage of it. Last season we didn't manage to. When it got to the playoffs, we for some reason just couldn't do it. This season we're starting to hit form again, just as we did last season after Christmas. You know, this is this is Wait, the We're two time. points better off now, aren't we? Yeah, we're well, two points better off. Exactly. So the season's starting to look better. The optimism's come back to everybody. And I think that now the confidence coming back in all those forward players seem to now really start be believing in themselves. And we're going to get goals out of all of them, I think. Indeed, indeed.
1: I've got one more about the kind of transfer window in. just from FFC Joe. It's more about what we're going to do with Target. He says, now Target's come in, do you expect to see Adoy benched or starting at centre-back ahead of Kalas? He's put some assured performances in there this season.
5: Yeah, I imagine target won't start our next game, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: no, I, th- I think it might be a little bit faster. Although, on that point, it was nice to see Fulham bring in a player on a Monday rather yeah. than on the Friday night before, before a game. A game yeah. before, especially because next week we've got games Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. Saturday, true. Tuesday, Saturday. Nice to get, you know, at least ingratiated a
5: little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely, yeah, true. And um, I think, you know, I think Adoy has obviously done better than I probably th- expected him to. He's, he's become much more comfortable in that role seems to have some sort of understanding as well with the players that he's been linking up with um, down that flank. Um, Target, I wouldn't imagine Southampton have let him out on loan to be a sub for Fulham. So I imagine that there's um, kind of a gentleman's agreement that he's going to be making a certain amount of appearances.
1: Like like Ojo. Exactly.
5: So we're going to see Target start games. Um, Perhaps it's just a case of whatever... Type of winger they're up against. To be honest, it might be that you know um, Adore is given certain roles with things that he's better at. Um, and People Matt's, that
1: use back stick crosses, for
5: example, pretty much, yeah. Like um, and then Target, you know, we'll have to wait and see exactly what type of player he is. I've only seen you know a few a few times of him in in person playing, but um, I imagine he's a very assured player who also likes to get forward. So, you know, it might be that he helps us give a hand out a few more pastings as we go forward. Indeed. Well, one last bit
1: for you, which is, yeah. um, there's been a petition this week on, on Twitter uh, and started by Nat Kenyon, who's been talking about switching the home end and the away end from yeah. the Hammersmith and the uh, Putney. And I know you've seen this and we've discussed it, yeah. it in, in sort of brief moments, but what's your kind of thoughts on this? I, I think, I think my kind of overarching idea is that it's a nice idea, but I'd probably like both ends to be home ends. Yeah.
5: I. So is the idea that the Hammersmith end is the away end? Yeah, because it has you know. a, it has as a depth of the depth means that you can't hear it as well from I end the. I understand that, yeah. but that's it can't happen. Like it simply can't happen. Like the Hammersmith end is everything for Fulham. Like it's it's been there as long as I've been going as a kid. You know, you would stand on the, on the Hammersmith end, there'd be the Green Pole. Um, I know, you know, some younger listeners might not care about the relevance of the Green Pole, but it, it was just a thing. Like, you know, especially I remember when we got promoted, you know, um, to the championship or whatever it was called back then and then into the Premier League and the Green Pole was where everything, had, where all the songs came from. And, you know, yeah. I remember going, you know, crazy when like Sean Davis scored like that late goal that, that took us up. Um, I would hate to see away fans in the Hammersmith end. So we have to keep that, and it's not going to change anyway. Yeah, um, it'd be like Arsenal losing their North Bank. It'd be or... ridiculous, yeah. Um, I can see the idea, though, of changing the Putney end to not being an away end, because I hate the fact that it's attached to the neutral end, and ultimately when you play um, either big clubs or local rivals, it, it becomes an away, an away end. end of about 6,500 people, whatever it holds. Um, it goes completely against home advantage, um, the, the best example I can give is when we played Liverpool at home um, a few years ago and it was 2-2, I think, going into the late stages and Liverpool had however many thousand fans behind that goal and it was a big season for them, you know, they were going for a lot and they basically, it was their assist that they ended up beating us 3-2, I yeah. think it was, wasn't it? It was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, and, it, and it, I just remember, th- like, even the build-up to that, thinking like, why are we allowing this we, they, are, they are going great. they are so loud there's so many of them yeah the team their team is so spurred on by it. I feel like we're the away team here we're sat back defending um and that's the best example I can really think of of that going against us so yeah, i'd like to see um at least a bigger presence of Fulham fans in the Putney end i've sat there twice i didn't particularly enjoy it. one that's actually in the playoffs last season cause it's the only place I could get in um against Reading. Uh, it wasn't awful, um, but it wasn't great. Uh, the time before that was when there was about a hundred people in it and that was a horrible Experience because it kind of felt like mm, we're just at this. Like, I remember being in the small pu- game in
1: the Putney end for the Great Escape season against Birmingham. Okay. That was one of the only times I've ever started because I, my dad had given me season ticket or, uh, to, to one of my, oh, my right. granddad or, or something, and I was like, right, I'll go up the Putney end with you then, and um, it was horrendous. Like horrendous. It yeah. felt awful, and there was it was that day. It was actually not even a neutral end. It was it was very much a home oh. home end, but it was still like it was just that like one line of things, and it was all exactly. getting a bit nasty. And, you know, it's just one of those ones where I was like, this isn't this isn't probably very good. And, you know, obviously you can't separate the fans out of the back or anything like that. No, exactly.
5: And that is a problem. You know, I'm I'm very surprised we haven't had more issues with that with that segregation. That was one thing I thought of the playoffs last season. I was like, it's just as well. We're playing Reading because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, other teams, there, there could definitely be problems here. And I can see, you know if when we get promoted to the Premier League again, the whole situation, that's pr- probably when this is all going to have to be looked into. And yeah. where do we put away fans once we get back to the Premier League? Also with the Riverside ex- extension and all
1: that kind of thing, it makes it more feasible to make sure that, yeah, you know, that when that cuts into the away end and the and, and those supporters, it'll be uh, yeah, extremely uh, useful. And
5: obviously there's been previous seasons when we've had away fans um, in different stands. They, they haven't always been behind the goal. So... Um, I think it's certainly something the club needs to look into. Um, I don't mind there being a neutral section, but um, I think that it needs to not be attached to the away yeah, support of because. I think that it it just completely goes against having home advantage.
1: Indeed. Well, thank you very much for joining cool. me um, and thank you for being on Fulhamish again and I'm sure we'll catch up towards the end of the window and see what see what we can uh, talk about. We'll be then. welcoming Chris Martin back to the club. Yeah, hashtag Martin back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks Cheers. a lot. Take care.
0: Welcome back to the Fulhamish podcast. Sammy James here with Jack Collins, Farrell Monk and Ben Jarman. So thank you very much to Chris and Carlo from Reds Report and also to Dean Jones as well. Always good to get his hot take on the transfers potentially coming in and out of fulham uh we will be back on monday with a full podcast uh, a review of the barnsley game up at oakwell if you're traveling up Hopefully we'll see you either on the train or in the pub or on the train back down. Uh, there's a few of the Flemish boys in attendance on Saturday. Look for the flag. Oh, yeah, God, look for the <laughs> women Irish flag. It's there as the beacon of Jack. And um, Tom. We'll, we'll have both Collins brothers oh, yeah, in of course. Feeling. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're reviewing that game and also looking forward to the Forest game as well. We may have a big announcement on Monday to be confirmed. TBC. Still TBC, but we may have a big announcement to make on Monday as well. So, to Jack, thank you very much. Thank you, Sammy. To Farrell, thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. And Ben, thank you very much. That's super cool. Hopefully see you at the weekend. If not, speak to you on Monday. Bye-bye.
3: Cheerio. Toodles.